Well, hello there. It's another week, and it's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. 22 days to the midterm smackdown, and <laughs> Joe Biden is still an idiot, but, you know. <laughs> oh, he didn't, he didn't uh, let us down this weekend. Of course not. He was out, uh, I believe, in Portland, Oregon. You know, he's, he's out trying to lift the Democrat candidates who are having difficulty, surprisingly, in Oregon. And, right. Um, and I don't know how much good he did, but he was out there talking about uh, about the inflation situation and uh, how, first he said, inflation isn't bad. Today's report shows, though, some progress. Overall, inflation was 2% over the last three months. That's down from 11% over the prior three months. And that's progress, but a lot of it is a result of getting the cost of living at the gas pump down by more, not even California now, by more than a dollar nationally and since the start of this summer. And there's a big difference for working folks. Wow. He's trying to sell us that inflation isn't bad. By the way, he did say, and I haven't got the tape, he said uh, it's much worse in other places around the world, like we're supposed to... Uh, Get some solace out of that. Oh, good. It's really bad in England and France, so we should feel good about it being, like, just bad here. Oh, yeah, and, you know, in England and France, because, you know, we had a lot to do with the world economic condition. They they probably love to hear that from Joe, too. <laughs> yes. Well, then he said, and this is the key line. I'm going to play a couple of cuts. Uh, his His real line throughout his swing out west uh, was this one here but not a single penny no i mean it not a single penny if republican wins inflation is going to get worse it's that simple republicans in congress are saying no if republicans take control the prices are going to go up as will inflation well there you go it's the, just simple yes it's just that simple it's just that simple if republicans get in inflation is going to go up republicans equals more inflation. That's what so, he What the hell happened then since he got in office and the Democrats got total control of, you know, top to bottom of Washington, D.C.? Um, I guess this is not inflation. This was a carryover from the Trump years. Is that what they're trying to say? Uh, well, anything that's bad, if the lawn grew the wrong way at the White House, that was Trump's fault. I mean, everything that is bad, they point to Trump. Trump has been out of office for almost two years, mm -hmm. and they still point to him as being the reason for their failures. Have you noticed with the Democrats, when they're accusing you of something, it's usually what they're doing. If they accuse you of a wrongdoing, it's because it's something they're, they're doing. I mean, when you look at what's happening right now in D.C., and the media is kind of talking about it, but they're not really giving it the attention it deserves. The FBI situation, the Durham situation, they're talking about it because they have to. It's almost like they're begrudgingly mentioning uh, the corruption in the FBI and the Durham case. By the way, I thought it was interesting. I don't know that you know this or not, but John Durham, who is the special prosecutor, right? he's actually trying the, the case in D.C. by himself right now. He's not having a subordinate try the case. Durham is the hands-on guy. And people are thinking he's probably because Durham knows more about the case than any of his subordinates, and he feels that he's the most competent to be trying the case. But I thought that was interesting. I don't know whether the Durham case is going to be successful, because I think trying a case against this administration in D.C., it just doesn't work. Now, this isn't in D.C. I think they're trying this case, though, in Virginia, but that's still like DC, you know, you know, the Close FBI, enough. they can sit there and run into little dark corners and make up excuses for everything. So no matter, it, it, it's going to be hard to pin them down. And I think, you know, he's exposed them mm -hmm. and I think they're worried, but do I think they're going to come down? You could only hope. You know, but uh, I, I think the whole department has to be dismantled and uh, rebuilt from scratch. I really do. I don't know whether you uh, heard the, about this. You know, Joe likes to, he likes to uh, get up close and personal with young girls when he's on a tour someplace. 
Right. And uh, that that happened again yesterday. He was at a Baskin Robbins in um, Portland. And there was this 11 or 12-year-old girl in front of him with her mom. And he did a, a selfie. It almost looked like they weren't crazy about wanting to do the selfie. If you looked at the, the video of it, it's like, okay, now smile. It's like, okay, we have to do this with this guy. They take the picture, and then he puts his two hands on her shoulder, the little girl's shoulders, and starts kind of massaging it. And then he says this. Yeah, that's what Joe told his daughter and granddaughters. No serious guys till you're 30. What the heck did you tell Hunter? <laughs> I mean, did you tell Hunter don't start cracking until you're, you know, 30? Well, what does that mean? No serious guys until you're 30. All right, don't be serious about a relationship until you're 30. Have a bunch of fun and let an old man, you know, grope you. I mean, that guy's in, would you let, if you saw him there and he came over to your granddaughter, mm. I would pull her away from him. I don't yeah. care what the media or the cameras say. That guy is a pervert. Well, he does it wherever he goes and wherever there's a a, a young person around in the crowd. He just can't help himself. I, now, I don't know what that says. A lot of people that I know think the guy's got real deep issues that uh, no one discusses. He's probably been doing this for a long time. Look at his daughter took showers with him. What well, let's, he, let's clarify that. He took showers with his daughter. Well, that's you're right. She yes. had nothing. Yeah. Hey, Dad, hey, yeah. hey, Dad, come on over here. I'm taking a shower. No, you're absolutely correct. I stand corrected. He took showers with his daughter. This guy who should have never done something like that, I guess did it on a regular basis more than once. Yeah. And the daughter wrote in her diary that she was terribly uncomfortable and it's left an emotional scar on her. Now, we, no one was supposed to see that diary. I think it was, why is it, what is it with the uh, the Bidens? They lose their personal stuff. I mean, Hunter left his laptop in the Mac store, right, and never went back for it. Now, if you had a $2,000 Mac laptop, I'm just saying, and you were having it worked on, this probably a good chance that you would take your ticket and go back and pick it up, wouldn't you? Well, you would think, but then again, you got to figure out how many times was he, you know, stone cold straight and sober, <laughs> and how many times did he mean, was he just cracked out? If you he mean, cracked out, you wouldn't know anything. <laughs> what you're saying is he brought it, he might have brought it there when he was stoned and forgot that he brought it there. Exactly, or at the one time he was not stoned, well, I got to get this fixed. Yeah, And then he took it in there, and then, well, now that I've done that, now I can get stoned. And he just stayed stoned. <laughs> uh, that could be. That could be. And then the, the, the grand, uh, the daughter, rather, leaves her diary somewhere, and they found it, I guess, when they either they sold the house or I forgot the exact uh, circumstances for them finding the diary, but she had left it behind somewhere, and somebody found it, and somebody read it, and... Uh, they didn't just rush down and give it to the Biden family. Did you leave this behind? Oh, they read it and they sent it to the press. Jeez. Well, uh, that begs the question. If you would have found it, would you have just said, I better not look at this. I'm going to just hand it back. Or would you? Well, be you're in... going to think I'm stupid. You would have handed it back. I would have handed it back. See, I have two daughters. Yeah. And that's. You respect their yeah. privacy. If it says diary. That's theirs. Those are those. They never, they never put those words on that on those uh, pages for public consumption. A diary's something that, between them and themselves, you know. And uh, well, the, and that opens up, up the can of worms. I mean, you know, things were said in that diary that are to me uh, damning and condemning of Joe, and he should be held accountable for. But. You're, you're right. It was something that nobody was supposed to see. But I don't think legally 
there's a legal law that says diaries are uh, private. I think that it's just under the courtesy. law, uh, just another book. Yeah, it's a you courtesy. Know? Yeah, it's a courtesy, but it's it's not a, a law. So yeah. I, I think that if you found a diary and you wanted to publish that diary, I guess you could. I guess the onus would have been on the person who wrote the diary to keep it private. You yeah, know. you lose it. You lost it. And uh, finders keepers, along with the secrets. Yeah. You see where Pope Francis, this guy, he doesn't know when to keep his mouth shut. This is a guy who, his job is to uh, to be the leader of a religion, not to delve into political areas, but he does it all the time. I mean, he talked about how he believed borders shouldn't exist and how we should have open borders, kind of, and this is during the Trump administration, he was quite adamant that we were being, that Trump was wrong in uh, trying to put that wall up. So now he comes out, this happened over the weekend, he says the world and its institutions require material changes to create a new economic system that creates food, health, economic, and social rights for all. He's a socialist. The guy came from Argentina. He was known as the socialist bishop slash cardinal in Argentina, and uh, he hasn't changed. He, he's, he comes up and he wants socialism, which fits right in with the current U.S. administration. Yeah, uh, you know, and some people would sit there and say, from a religious point of view, you know, socialism, you know, is you know, very much part of it, but it's not. It, they're, they're two different things. Right. You know, love and charity is one thing socialism and 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 what it it uh it right. but jesus wasn't against people making a a living didn't he say uh, no. render unto caesar what what is caesar's and unto god what is god's i'm not trying to be exact with the paraphrase but something along the lines that you know money over on this side god over on this side you know don't mix the two he mixed the two by the way pope yeah. francis mixes the two he has no problem getting up on the pulpit and telling us how wrong we are when it comes to our political uh, policies, uh, which I think is, is, is sad. He's damaged the, the Catholic Church, and I'm not speaking out of school, but he's damaged the Catholic Church a lot, this guy. When, you, you know, you want the Pope just to talk about God's stuff, you know? You want him to, be, to, to bring you closer to God. But when he gets out and starts talking political stuff, he becomes divisive. He starts separating his people. Lots and lots of Catholics do not like hearing this guy talk about his politics and how wrong we are believing, you know, something different than what he believes in. You know? So he's, he's, he divides the church. He's also the guy who just now, and, I, and God knows why, but he just took all of the church's monies from around the world and brought them into the Vatican Bank. I guess they were spread out all over the world, and he consolidated all this money into why? the Vatican Bank. I don't know why, but it didn't. It doesn't sound right. Do you know what I'm saying? He. It doesn't sound um, on the up and up. Yeah. Well, you know what? When you have man in charge of the church or religion, or faith, you know, he's going to change it to his own will. Well, you know what? I don't really like what this is saying. Sure. Well, I'm going to change it for the times. That's a crock You know, and he wouldn't be the first pope, by the way, to have been a bad guy. I'm not saying that Francis is a bad guy. I don't like him, but I don't know whether he's as bad as some people think You don't know what's in his heart. Yeah, but there are some popes throughout history who were who had families? They had mm-hmm. something called papal royalty. That means that the popes had concubines and they had children, and uh, a lot. Some popes had armies and sent their armies off to war, the Crusades. It was a religious war. And then you wonder why there are atheists in the world because sometimes, you know, we can't get our religious act together. But you know, I always think to myself. You can't blame God for the corruption and the 
and the evil of man. Well, exactly. You know, so I always think to myself, hey, listen, God didn't do this. Men did this. Throughout history, we've gone through some bad times and yep. sometimes extended periods of bad times. But eventually, humanity wins. It will conquer. Now, does that mean that uh, the midterms are going to be the answer to everything? Probably not. Uh, is the election going to be stolen? Probably so. Uh, and if it does go with a red wave, the problem that you're going to have is that you had this blue wave that I don't think really won, but it set up the stage to where us and them, and right now it's them. So if us wins, uh, pardon my English on how I'm saying that, yeah. then does the pendulum swing all the way to the right? If they steal it again. And I think that there's a lot of people on the left who think it's going to be stolen and they expect it to be stolen. That's why they're confident. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll be fine in November. No, we'll be okay in November. Nancy Pelosi said it. She said that we're going to win in November. What was it? Carrie Lake, CNN asked her, said, are you going to be able to accept the midterm 2022 elections, which she went off on? And I thought, well, wait a minute. What do you mean are you going to be able to accept the election? Are you telling us that you know something that we don't, CNN? All of the polls right now. All of the major polls are indicating that it's going to be a tsunami, a red tsunami. If it's done honestly, fairly, the election. And I'm going to say to the Republicans that win, don't sit there and get into a vendetta thing. Yes, the, a lot of things have to be undone that were done, including to Trump. I, I guess what I'm saying is they need to keep the people's will at heart. But here's the and problem. And not sit there and, and, and be in it for just the power. Here's the problem. In my opinion, if they take the House and the Senate, my goodness, that, that would be amazing. But if they take the House, they're going to have a lot of power back. But they're not going to have a lot of power to really change things, policy. For example, no. for example, if, if, the, if Congress came across with the best bills and they sent him off to the White House and Joe vetoes them, what good is mm -hmm. that? What good is that? But what, what the House and the Senate can do is they can do their job when it comes to impeaching the bad eggs and doing, and doing the legal investigations. They can do that, and they don't need to have Joe's permission, whereas with laws and new bills, they need to have Joe's approval. Joe is going to go on a pen writing expedition and he will, the Democrats are going to get what they want either way. He will sit there and executive order away. And that's what he'll do for the next two years, you know, and, and hope the hell that uh, they win in two years from now. Well, the other they thing will... they're talking about is saying if the Republicans win Congress and uh, the Senate, is they'll impeach Joe. And I keep thinking to myself, well, and what? We get Carmella? We get, we go from dumb to dumber? Well, did she not commit a, an impeachable offense by being the border czar and doing nothing and not going there? Well, actually, I think yes. I think you're right. But will Congress have the gonads? If they don't change Mitch the squish, if they don't uh, either get have Kevin McCarthy grow a spine, you know he's he's kind of a Casper milk toast too. He's almost good sometimes. Other times, he's a swamp dweller. I'm not sold on Kevin McCarthy, uh, but I guess people are saying that at least initially he'll be the speaker if they become the majority again, the Republicans. But Mitch the Squish. He is solid swamp. See, and there, there lies the problem. We are so entrenched with bad players on both sides. No matter which way we go, which, what we do, um, it's not a good thing. The swamp will still exist. So what we have to do is make the better choice of two evils. Now, with that said, uh, are you better off today than you were two years ago? <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. Um, I can point to uh, my retirement funds 
some stocks that I have. I can point to the you know the the price I'm paying for gasoline, groceries, home heating oil. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's uh, uh oh and you know we've got healthcare out there too and you know the the debacle that is. I mean there's so many things out there that uh are not good. And and so you have to make the choice of well can the Republicans at least get us back on the track to oil and gas independence? Yeah, they could, because Joe's not going to do it. The Democrats aren't going to do it. AOC's not going to do it. And, you know, so this green new thing doesn't work. This, you know, everything that they're doing doesn't work. What's interesting, Bill, about this election, it makes it different from other uh, times when the house has switched again, you know, is that many of the people who are running for election right now were endorsed by Trump. They are, they are quote MAGA people. So if they get into power, the difference is they may make significant changes that other Congresses have been timid about making, you know, other Congresses have always wanted to be politically correct. And I sense that many of the people who are endorsed by Trump, who won their primaries, are going to be aggressive, are going to be looking to to correct the wrongs in government. It's not going to be a pretty sight for the other side. That's why I really am worried about the election being fair. I mean, how? Well, I don't you- think it's going to be fair. I think it's going to be rigged, and I think that the they're going to say, "Well, the silent majority has spoken again." You know how they like to twist and turn things. Mm-hmm. But people are coming out, and Democrats are going to vote for red candidates too, not because they became a Republican, not at all. And, and Republicans aren't revo- voting for Republicans because they're Republicans, not at all, nor are the independents. They're voting for a change. So when you're a candidate, Take your blue suit off, take your red suit off, and just be an American. Let's talk about the fix being in again. I was looking at a rally that John Fetterman had on, uh, I think it was Friday. Right. There were about 100 people there, maybe, scattered around an open space. And, And the guy gets up on the stage, and he says this. Send me to Washington, D.C. Take on to make sure I push back against... Did you you catch that, Bill? Let me let me work let, yeah. Work. Let me play it one more time. It's only twelve seconds. Send me to Washington D.C. <laughs> Take on to make sure I push back against work to work. <laughs> one guy goes whoop after that. One clown in the audience who obviously isn't listening to what he said, and. Because no one in the audience seemed to understand what the heck work to work is all about. Here's the thing. This guy, who doesn't make any sense, is up by two points over Oz right now in Pennsylvania. How can that be? Yeah, but he was up by 20 points here just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, And people are seeing the guy is not fit. Now, number one, he had the stroke before the announcement, Mm -hmm. right? They knew he was not fit. Right. He should never have been a candidate, and that is a, they're they're perpetrating a lie, you know, and it's campaign fraud as far as I'm concerned, and the whole party is complacent. They should have ran somebody else, and that's not in disrespect to John. I do not like John. I think he is an idiot. I think he's a pompous ass, but he is a pompous ass right now that doesn't have control of his mental faculties. So he can't get into a fair fight of words. You want a guy who's going to go into the Senate and listen to the arguments, be able to comprehend what the arguments mean, and then to articulate his point of view in a way that is persuasive and, and gets other people to join him in whatever you know venture he's going on. This guy can't say, well, listen for yourself one more time. Send me to Washington, D.C. Take on to make sure I push back against work to work. 
So I can push back against work to work. And, and this is the same guy who said last week, the Eagles are better than the Eagles. Well, you know, he had that stroke. And you got to understand what a stroke is and how serious it is. And it is life-threatening. And he needs a mechanical device to even hear and comprehend mm. what is being said and to help him articulate what he's trying to articulate, which he can't. But that also means that his health is a long-term issue or short-term. They're indignant that people on the right are questioning his competence. They're really put off that the right is saying this guy isn't capable of being a senator mentally. No, th that is a cry of desperation for power by the left because Joe Biden was not a candidate, but they didn't have a candidate. Well, actually, they did. I think Tulsi Gabbard would have been a good candidate for the Democrats. Hell of a lot Yeah, better. that's why they got rid of her as yeah. fast as they could. She but wasn't she following lockstep. And one that I would have sat there and said, okay, I'm conservative, but you know what? I don't agree with everything, but I don't agree with everything on any candidate. But I could have I could have gone along with her. But they got rid of her and they brought in well, they had Joe up there, and Joe was an idiot then. Even even Elizabeth Warren and Bernie were sitting there. Looking I think at Joe him is like, I think Joe is coming to Pennsylvania, by the way, to uh to rally with Fetterman, which I, I would love to hear their conversation. <laughs> We'd love to hear them trying to carry on. A, well, a, 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 it would be something to record, I think, really. It would well, be you know what? I, you know, I don't even think you could have a Pentecostal that speaks in tongues interpret <laughs> what they're trying to say. I think you're I think you're probably I'm sorry, right. But, you, you know. know, I mean, he's going to, you know, they're, compa they're comparing Fetterman right now to FDR, the people on the left. And they're saying, look what FDR did. And he was a, a handicapped person. There's a huge difference. FDR had polio. FDR was in a wheelchair. Okay, he was trying to hide it for most of his term because he didn't want the world to, to look at his wheelchair. They wanted them to look at what he was saying. And, you know, he would carry on. I don't know whether people know this. A lot of young people don't. But he would have fireside chats every week on the radio. And people would sit around their radios and uh, they really got something from him. He connected with, with the United States. It was like listening to their big brother talk about what was going on in the, with the economy during the Depression and with the war during World War II. You think Fetterman can do that? And Absolutely not. Massive, they, he'd have no chance in hell. Massive difference, but they're trying desperately to, uh, to say that they are equal, Fetterman and FDR. Well, I mean, Oz is within two points, so that's a dead heat as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But there are 22 days, and a lot can happen in 22 days. Last week, F uh, MSNBC did an interview, Bill, with, right. uh, with Fetterman, and, and it didn't go well. And people were, were obviously very concerned about his, his uh, mental status. And it really picked up steam because MSNBC is normally uh, a left-leaning media operation. They're a reliable source for the Democrats. Well, this really knocked him off kilter. And Fetterman's wife, Giselle Fetterman, got really ticked off. She got ticked off at the NBC reporter in particular. And here's what Giselle had to say. I don't like saying rage because I think that's a really unhealthy feeling. And when you feel those things, it only harms yourself. But I just, you know, what a disservice that she did to not only my husband, but to anyone facing a disability and working through it. And I don't know how there were not consequences, right? I mean, there are consequences for folks in these positions who are any of the isms. I mean, she was ableist and that's what she was in her interview. It was appalling to the entire disability community and I think to journalism. So I was shocked. I'm still really upset about it. And uh, I think the positive is it's, it's brought a lot of 
conversations around accommodations, around rights, around ableism, right? I mean, ableism was trending on Twitter. It just shows there's so much work to do, but these networks have to take accountability, right? Like, where is your training? Mm. (laughs) Um, it, It was appalling to see. And you see that in schools, you see that with young children, you don't expect to see it at this level. And, you know, I haven't heard an apology. It hasn't come. I am hopeful that, you know, they will reflect and see that they did an incredible disservice to all Americans. She, she may be a good wife. She may be a good mom. Politically, she's a numbskull. Yeah, I'll, I'll give her kudos for defending her husband. That's great. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing. Now, uh, she wants an apology from the media. I apologize that she is so stupid and naive as to how it works. That there ought to be consequences. Mm. There should be consequences for the fact that they are parading this guy who is not mentally capable of running for office yeah. and propping him up. I mean, this is this is crap. Absolutely. And I, it, there should be consequences for you being so naive that you are taking the man you love and shoving him out there. But then again, he should be getting help. She, where did she get her cues from? She got her cues from Jill Biden. Jill Biden did the exact same thing. Joe has got dementia. Joe has he's got serious problems shaking hands with the air, you know, walking off the wrong stage, walking in the wrong door at the White House when the FBI, the uh, Secret Service, are trying to direct him in another door. I mean, the guy has got issues. But Jill had no problem putting him on the public stage. Well, Jill wants power. So, you know, Joe is a puppet, you know, and he doesn't realize it. But, you know, they're playing to his ego. You know, Joe, you get some ice cream and you get to be president. She was uh, a win win. She was at an Eagles game this weekend and uh, it didn't go well for her. I haven't got the audio. They announced her. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the first lady of the United States, Dr. Jill Biden. And the good people of Philadelphia roundly booed her. That was significant, as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah, that's a big Democratic town, and and look what happened. And you know what? Uh, You know, I've been visiting up in the Boston area. I'll be back, you know, coming up this weekend. But the point is, is that everywhere I'm going... uh, and this is a Democratic area, even if Republicans win, it's a Democrat in Massachusetts and New Hampshire and New England. But the point is, everybody hates Joe. As a matter of fact, on uh, in New Hampshire, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Interstate 93, oh, somebody think... defaced a road sign <laughs> with some vulgarity I think I that was anti-Joe. And I'm like, and everybody is, they're fed up. You know, you go in and you buy a dozen eggs, and I'm not talking the good eggs. I'm talking about what used to be the 99 cent, cheapos, you know, yeah, cheapos are now 5.98. You, you want to get decent eggs? Well, that's ten bucks. And what do you use eggs for? Uh, cake, bread, oh, corn bread. Yeah, holy smokes! But in the meantime, Joe's saying, "Oh, uh, the inflation isn't all that bad. Uh, you should see the rest of the world." That's like saying, yeah. that's like saying, oh, you've been wounded in the shoulder, but it's not as bad as the guy over across the way. You got shot in the stomach. You know, you're both wounded, you fathead. Anyway. Yeah, and they're lying about the inflation that all oh, these numbers aren't bad. And I like to remind everybody when they're sitting there going, well, you know, it's only, it's only 8.2%. You know, actually it's double that. A long time ago, the Democrats sat there and said, boy, these, uh, these inflation rate uh, uh, twelve to sixteen percent. Yeah, this is crazy. So they they redid the math, and by redoing yeah. the math, they changed the formulas for calculating inflation. Yes, so it, it leaned in their favor. That's the uh, same old numbers. I know. And then an interesting little item here. Are, are you familiar with Wawa stores? I I used to do their commercials nationally, well, Well, for the East Coast. Two of Wawa's downtown Philadelphia stores will be shuttered as the uh, Delaware County-based chain continues, quote, to be focused on doing everything we can do to monitor and to work with local authorities to address challenges impacting operations in any of the stores. What they're saying is they're closing these stores because it's just not safe enough for their employees to work in these stores. Last weekend, 
they had a what they call them flash riots now. That yeah, they're popping up everywhere. Yeah, all of a sudden a group went into the Wawa's and just devastated the place. You're you're on a topic that 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 uh, you know with the violence. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of topics here going on with the the stores shutting down. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of stores now are are again they hire somebody and then they train them and then the person goes, you know, I'm done with this, I quit. And so these stores are going, well, we're losing money. So now when you quit, they charge you for your training, which are you I serious? It. Yeah, that's a new trend because they can't keep up with the turnover of personnel. But then I look at the crime. The crime is rampant and it's, you know, the influx from the border. It's drug induced criminals. Mm-hmm. And you've seen the video where they're they they knock somebody down and then they stomp their skulls in. Yeah. And I'm going, liberal justice doesn't work. And what we need to do right now, in my mind, is to have when you have video evidence like that, then you need uh, uh what do you call it? When you, you need prosecution that's right away. That is is you need swift justice. Swift justice, and you need the kind of justice, a life for a life. If you sat there and stomped some guy's oh, sure. skull to where he's retarded or permanently hurt, I'm sorry, you know, you've you, your day is done. We have to send a signal to stop crime. So we need instant capital justice. So what is the de- the uh, left done? They put these DAs and prosecutors in place that release you. You get you get escorted out of the building. You come in, you get booked. They say, okay, you can go now, and you're done. So why does a cop want to arrest somebody if he goes, oh, it's just paperwork in. for them. Yeah. You know, and it, uh, oh, God forbid, you know, it, you know, he scratches the guy handcuffing him. You know, because he, he might get sued for that. And they wonder why. I think I read somewhere that the, uh, I think it's down 25% the number of new people wanting to be New York City police officers. Down like 25%. It's a big dip because who the heck wants to be a police officer now? You can get in trouble. You can lose your job. You can get uh, uh, fined. But you can't do your job. You know, yeah, I, and they they keep saying cops need to be more friendly and and do community stuff. If I were a cop, I'd be gun shy to do anything right now because, you know, they have been so maligned and picked on. It is terrible. I mean, if I were a cop and somebody was nice, like I'd you know, if I saw a cop working the night shift, I'd sit there and go. Think of the terrible situation the left has put us with our legal system right now. Local police are being bludgeoned by the media and by social, you know, social media. Defund the police. Defund this. Oh, the you know, bad uh, cops are bad. Uh, don't hire any more cops. Cut back on the number of policemen in our in your cities. I mean, they're doing all of this stuff, and at a higher level, the FBI, which is supposed to be balanced, it's supposed to be equal for the left and the right. They're now a partisan arm of the Democratic Party. So we don't have a, a, an honest federal police force right now, and we've got a diminished local police force. We are in tough straits. Any FBI agent that challenges what's going on inside the department is suspended right away. Yeah. Uh, happened to one agent, and then his wife uh, went on uh, to a personal message to somebody, uh, just saying how wrong it was, what happened to her husband. And that's a private text and email mm-hmm. for no one else to see, but a family member. Right. Yet it was monitored. The account was shut down and there was rep- uh, reprimand sent out yep. because of it. And I'm like going, they monitor everything. Uh, they, if you have an opinion, you can be held accountable for this opinion. We live in a dictatorial society. 
Mm-hmm. And that is what the elections and the midterms are about. You know, it's funny. I was watching this movie that you recommended oh, over, yeah. over the weekend. Well, it's not a movie. The it's Watcher. A, it's, yeah. a, it's a series called The Watcher. But there's a scene in there, and, I, and it made me laugh. And I thought it was very honest, where the principal, one of the guys, in, in the, he, he did something that irritated the people at the country club. And yeah. he didn't violate a rule of the country club. It was just a politically correct thing that he'd done wrong, and they revoked his membership. It was like something he had done in the media. It's something he had said publicly, and I can't remember the exact uh, reason why he got it revoked. But but that happens nowadays. You can talk on the radio and say the wrong thing. You can lose your job. You can lose friends. You can lose memberships in clubs. You can write something on your, your web page. That's mm-hmm. why you have to be so careful about what you put down in social media now. Thank goodness I'm too old to really care about getting a, a new job. Because I don't I, I would never feel comfortable enough to be able to talk because everything on the internet is being evaluated by strangers. There's probably an AI out there, an, uh, an AI that reads it and then sends it to somebody. But you are being monitored. Uh, you know, I mentioned, and I'll, I'll mention it again. I just thought it was odd because I figured it out. And I, I mentioned when I was uh, going to a, re- a resort last weekend, uh, my, uh, my Google went crazy. It went crazy. And I couldn't figure it out. And then because, you know, your phone is tracked at all times. Mm-hmm. Now, here's, here's the caveat to this thing uh, with the Google Maps. And you can try this experiment if you want to, and some attorney ought to listen to this because it's a multi-billion dollar lawsuit probably. But the simple fact is I turned off my tracking device because right. one day I'm sitting there going punched in an address and it goes, do we have permission to uh, monitor your phone and track your whereabouts? Don't they on iPhone? They say monitor your location. They make it sound. Yeah. They make it sound like it's a protective thing, you know. Okay. Well, I sat there and said, "Well, hell no." So I turned it off. Now it went along its business, and I didn't think about it. I'm driving along, and I see where I am on the map with the arrow going. So it knew where I was at all time, even though I turned the tracker off. So. It lies to you when you say, oh, I'm turning the tracker off. Mm -hmm. And it's still tracking you. Then what happens is the next time you turn it on, it'll pull up the map and show you where you are. But every 10 feet, it goes correcting. Turn right here into Spillway Road, and you're out in the country, and you're looking at the water spillway. What? You know, and if you Google (laughs) or you search with Google Maps, there was a guy, I believe in his daughter killed last week because the thing had him turn off a bridge and there are people showing up dead or injured everywhere because of Google maps. And I guarantee what they did was turn off the tracker. So what they do is they mess with the algorithm going, well, we're still going to track your phone but we're just going to mess with the app. And now what are they trying to force down our throat? They're trying to force down electric cars, electric cars. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. So if, so will they be able to turn off your car at, at will from a satellite? Sure they can. Well, what happens if you're driving along and all of a sudden your battery starts wearing down quicker, you know, like a car sometimes will burn more gas than normal. Yeah. Yeah. And you're out in the middle of nowhere and you run out of juice. Well, that's no problem. There's a town 10 miles ahead. I'll just go ahead and get a, I'll get an electric gas can and go up and fill up. Right. How are you going to, well, you can't call anybody. You can't do anything. Don't batteries, don't batteries release their power based upon temperature. Meaning, meaning, if you leave your car sitting out on a cold, cold night, you might wake up the next morning and find your battery dead. If it's not a, if you didn't have well, a yeah, strong, that's... if you didn't have a strong charge in it in the first place, I mean, if you, 
if it might have started if it were like 55, 60, 70 degrees out, but when it's minus five, it drains whatever's left in that battery and you can't get it started. Likewise, hot temperatures affect batteries too. Right. What I'm trying to say is that so if you're driving across a desert in the southwest in an electric car, could your battery be drained faster than it would be, let's say, if you were driving in the Midwest in a more moderate temperature? Well, sure it can. Then you got the heater on, you got the air conditioner on, you got the radio on. Yep. Well, you know what? I'm going to plug my my phone into the cigarette lighter. Every little thing drains it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, batteries, you know, you go, well, I got 14 volts. I should be fine. It is not the voltage per se. It is the amperage. The crank in in a gas engine that gives you your cranking power. You know, the more amps you got, the the better winter durability you got, and the newer the battery. But you should replace that battery every three to five years. A battery for a car, an electric car, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars. You want to replace that every uh, three to five years? One of my good friends, and I won't mention her name because because I don't want to get her in trouble. She listens to the, to the show, and and she may have liberal friends who you know will be surprised. I so, know who it is. Uh, yes, but her husband, who's a nice guy, they bought a Tesla. They bought a Tesla. Yeah. And, it, you know, if you look at it aesthetically, it's a beautiful car. It oh, has yeah. all of the bells and whistles. I'm sure it's incredibly comfortable. It's probably as quiet as quiet can be. And they, they drove it down to the Outer Banks a couple of weeks ago or a week ago. And they said they were surprised at how far it went on the charge. Right. They had to wait 20 minutes for the car to charge with a supercharger at a, at a service area, which is not bad. You can go in and get a sandwich. You go in and putter around, use the restroom, come out, and it's could be close to being charged. But that's assuming you haven't got a line of 50 cars waiting to use the same supercharger. And if, it, if they all take 20 minutes to charge, how long are you going to be stuck in a service area waiting to get your car charged? I mean, if every car takes 20 minutes, that means every three cars is an hour. If there are, let's say there are 15 cars in front of you, you could be there for five hours waiting for, uh, uh, for your, the, to get to the charger. Well, you know, th there's different types of battery systems for these cars. And, you know, I'll get to the point here in a second, but, you know, lithium was always considered dangerous. But everything is shifting back to lithium. But wait, it was dangerous. It could blow up. Well, that's what we got. Now, and it takes a while to charge those things overnight. Now, there's another kind of battery uh, that actually I think it uses water. It's a hydrogen battery. So you can fill it and get it going in less than three minutes, a couple of minutes, and boom, you're ready to go. And it generates. I would but, think the best battery out there is in a Tesla. Because they're top of the line. They were the first. Top of day. the line? Yeah. You, you've got the Forever battery that's, uh, well, Forever is lithium. But there's one that uh, they're using old spent nuclear rods from power plants. They grind it down, and they make little batteries that are, that lasts forever. But my point is, you've got three options out there. There is no standard. This reminds me back in... Oh, it sounds, 19... it sounds like the video, the video business back in the, in the 70s when they came out with home video. Yeah, One, beta, VHS. Exactly. SVHS, uh, Super Beta. Um, they had all these different formats. They were all good, by the way. And by the way, the yeah. worst of which was VHS. The yeah. worst of those four. And that was the standard. Yeah, that became the standard. And, you know, that happened in radio, too, with AM. You know, yeah. there was there was the CQAM. There was the Harris system. Yeah. Was, I, you're talking I, about I AM stereo, though? Huh? You're talking about AM stereo. AM stereo. Yeah. CQAM, there was Harris, and then uh, there was digital in-band AM, mm -hmm. which was pretty damn good, but they couldn't <laughs> decide and on it. you know it. what happened? It, nothing caught on. And AM stereo went the way of the dodo bird. The Fagawi Indian that <laughs> fell off the exactly. cliff. Exactly. And, and by the way, AM stereo, like Bill said, sounded pretty darn good. 
It was it was uh, if you were in a in a a good strong signal area, you could enjoy your music on AM radio. It was uh, decent. Yeah, I mean, and there were there were uh, the, uh, I like the Harris system. I like digital and band because there are there are characteristic differences between FM and AM. You know, AM is older technology, but there are some things that are advantageous. But you I still in a have, big high rise building. You're going to need FM. There's whatever. I still have my little Sony AM stereo radio. Uh, I don't know whether you ever had one, but mm-hmm. it, it came with multiple formats on it, and right. uh, I loved it. I think I had it. I, well, I've had it for 40 years, <laughs> and uh, it still works, but there's no station broadcasting AM stereo, so you have to hit the mono setting. to. Uh, yeah, make- and you know what? A lot of things are done now on the phone, the internet. Sure. Uh, and uh, there's music on there. Actually, uh, your phone, uh, and you listen to music on it. It's the standard now of using it. It's nothing more than an AM radio. Although, my phone has the FM tuner in it. And, you know, uh, mine works. They've actually activated them now. You know, it's interesting that we're, we're, we're kind of talking shop here, friends. I don't want to have our non-radio listeners, glo- their eyes will be glossing over. But uh, we, we're talking about how radio has changed throughout the years and how certain things didn't catch on that should have caught on. I heard a guy who owns a small station say, you know, I could actually get rid of my transmitter right now and keep broadcasting just with with the listeners I have on the uh, streaming systems. Yeah. You know what? And that might be, but it might not be because you get into licensing laws that uh, are going to eat you up. Well, Uh, you have a million stations out there that you're competing against. Uh, the internet is really a baby still in the industry and it's not regulated. And, but when it does become very regulated, you know, bureaucracies will do nothing but screw it up. So it's, you well, know, they've, I don't tri- know. they've tried to do it already. They've don't, yeah. not, they have tried, they've run into roadblocks, but, uh, it doesn't mean well, right now try again. because people have taken it over. And they use it to communicate. And if they want to silence the party, mm-hmm. shut down the internet. Hey, one thing I did want to mention, I, and I was kind of scared about it, and I did see, I'm not a fan of Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren, but they they uh, they keyed in on the fact that uh, Kroger and Albertsons mm-hmm. are merging into a big superstore. Really? Yeah, but now what they didn't key in on, and they should have because it's, in their home area, uh, there's, uh, what is it? The, uh, there's stars, which is a big grocery chain mm-hmm. and there's Shaw's right. Stars star, and Shaw's. star market. Is that one star? Yeah. Star. Yeah. Star market and Shaw's mm-hmm. are merging. Now Kroger is also merging with Albertsons, but Kroger is also picking up the merger of the two stars and shaws so there's four supermarket chains biggies mm-hmm. that are going to get sucked into one do you think they do it because they have more purchasing power meaning they, they can have more control over their suppliers well that is the key is they have more control more purchasing power and they can be more dictatorial in prices because it's a monopoly i think stop and shop which is big up in the Boston area, mm-hmm. I think Stop and Shop is owned by a, a big grocery firm out of England, a massive grocery conglomerate that's based in England. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying that your choices are going away. And with these choices, jobs go away, uh, you know, because when they, they take all these stores and consolidate them, then they start looking around and say, well, there's a Shaw's next to um, a Star's. We don't need both those. You know what that reminds me of? What? Getting back to radio. Getting exactly. back to what happened to radio in 19, was it 1995, 96, when they made it so that you could have as many stations as you wanted? They deregulated everything, friends, in the mid-90s. And what happened was big conglomerates were formed. Uh, I won't mention the names of them because we're on some of their streaming systems right now, and I'd like to remain there. But they were these companies that were basically run by 
bankers, non-radio people who invested in the medium. And what they ended up doing was they streamlined everything. They cut back on the personality. They fired a ton of people. You know, they fire them regularly, even to this day, usually around Christmas time of all times. Yeah, the pink slips are getting ready to roll out. Yeah. Right around Halloween and Thanksgiving. It must be the end of their fiscal year. And they probably figure now's the time to start anew. <clears throat> they will chop off large amounts of uh, of radio people. Well, what they do is, you know, when they when they consolidate, they say, "Well, this is going to give, this will create more jobs, this will create more diversity." Oh yeah, uh, more more this, more that, and then when it happens, there's less jobs, there's yeah. less this. There's less of that, and pretty much, you know, you're, you, what you get is what you get. I'll leave you with this. I used to work in a, 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 a in in Pittsburgh in one of these operations that was run by a big company. I won't mm-hmm. say the name of the company. Uh, yeah, I know. I, 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 I know who it is. You would walk down a hallway, and in one door there would be one radio station. The next door would be another radio station. The next door would be another radio station. And in those rooms, usually there wasn't anybody there. They were being mm-hmm. run by automation. Oh, they, yeah. So there weren't any people. These were one-time radio stations that had 20 people, 30 people, a staff working for them, you know, salespeople and engineers and announcers. All of these people had jobs and fed families from their jobs, and now they were closets with computers in them running radio stations. And by the way, when they had announcers on them, they were in some remote location in a hub somewhere feeding local scripts to that computer. So they would have like one announcer in Cleveland who would be feeding multiple markets. You would think the guy's local. It sounded great. But he wasn't there. Well, I know all about that. I do yeah. that on the side. I know that. That's why I was trying to be careful about how to say that. Let's. I think we we're we're yeah. uh, we're walking in the weeds here a bit. It's tall grass. Yes. Real tall grass. <laughs> um, but it's been an interesting show. We kind of talked about a lot of different things. No, but uh, you know that that and that is fun because we we're we're focused on politics, but we're real life too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we pull the curtain back and you get a peek. And I think that's great that you get a peek. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not checked our uh, 800 number, and I haven't checked uh, the the mail today, which I'll do that. But I encourage everybody to sit there. If you got an opinion, you've got uh, a question, maybe you have a suggestion or something you've seen locally, you know, uh, you need to call us or send us an email because we really don't get that much feedback. You know, we know that we're, you know, we see numbers and we're going, oh, well, well you know, so people listen, platforms. they listen to streams in the yeah. da- the damnedest locations, you know, yeah. and people are doing a lot of different things when they're listening to the streams, to our streams, to our show. And many times it's just not convenient for them to call. And then when the show's finished, life gets in the way and they forget that they were going to call. So, but you're always welcome to call that, that number. I'll give you the number right now. It's 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868, or 833-LET'S-VOTE. That's the easy way to remember. That number is available 24-7. Yeah. And, of course, you can always uh, send an email. It's uh, mail at itsanotherday.com. Now, when you say it's, it's not IT apostrophe S. It's itsanotherday.com because yeah. it's a web address. So it's pretty easy to get to us, use it, share us, and leave comments too, because your comments, uh, when you see the posting, is very great. But when you go to itsanotherday.com, that's the actual website. Another show, an hour and uh, six minutes of searing conversation on the part of you and I. Any any plans for the day that are uh, you can talk about? Mm, no, well, you know, that's about it. I'm going to do... Uh, after we're done with this that multiple network thing that you were talking about yeah i do that yeah there's 48 markets that we do or or i do and that's it uh but that uh, it's a budgeted amount of time there's uh, you know you wouldn't believe 
it, it's not how you fathom it anymore. I know. You know, what would take you four hours to do a four-hour shift Yeah, is now a matter of 20 minutes. minutes. Yeah. yeah. It's, so, it's interesting. Folks, in the old days, when you did a radio show, you were in the moment. Meaning, you, yeah. you know, you'd be listening to the song. It would play the whole song through. And if the song was ending, you'd come out, you'd, you'd start talking and having a good old time and saying a funny line and then going into jingles and commercial. It, you were in that moment. Now, like Bill's saying, everything's compacted. It, he, you do the intro, you do the outro, you do the next song's intro, the next song's outro. I mean, it's a, it's a whole different business. It yeah, really is. Yeah, yeah, and I can edit the breaks. It's it's amazing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not in a studio room here. This room has a lot of echo. This mic doesn't have echo. It pretty much just picks up the immediate proximity. So it is like being in a million-dollar studio. You know, this is going to be a two-hour show if we keep talking. Yeah. You realize we that. Gotta, so. uh, you know, I'll wrap it up with this. Yes. Uh, yeah, and I'll leave you with the fact that it's, 22 days to the midterm, and uh, Joe Biden is still an idiot. <laughs> he started that way. You know, I thought I way. was getting ready to say a line, but I can't think of anything better than what you just said, so we'll pull the plug on this one. I'll there see we you, go. I'll see you tomorrow, buddy. Adios. Adios.